Today, I have a case that is one of several cases that involves domestic violence in my hometown. Ebony Giddens is a mother of three from Columbus, Georgia, that mysteriously went missing when she was only 27 years old and was last seen March 11, 2018. She is still missing to this day, and her family has not stopped looking for her or giving up hope. Over three years later, and they are still left with questions. These are the details I could find on her case. What's up, everybody? It's your girl, Charlie J, your crime plug out here. How you doing? How you been? Welcome back to another episode of Crime Time with the Fine Dime. I'm so sorry for missing last week, but I'm back now, ready to give you some great content. Today, we will be discussing a case from my hometown of Columbus, Georgia, on a mother named Ebony Giddens. Now, before I go on, you know we got to get into my new segment where we discuss some of the world's dumbest criminals. So, y'all, this criminal I have today, <laughs> he was in a bind, Nate. He needed some money. So, y'all, this guy needed some money so bad, he decided to rob a coffee shop. Of course, there were customers there, and two in particular, he rushed past and, like, pushed them, pushed through them, threw a drink in the clerk's face, demanding all the money in the register. Well, honey, this dummy either had to be on some kind of drugs or something, because the two men he pushed past were two local police officers, and they were in a full uniform, like, in the middle of their shift or ready to start their shift full uniform. Y'all, how in the world he missed that? But like I said, he was either on drugs, had tunnel vision and nothing to lose, or a little bit of both. Needless to say, he was cuffed and arrested right on the spot. That's crazy, ain't it, y'all? So, baby, truth is always stranger than fiction, whether the story is funny or lighthearted or downright frightening and maybe even confusing. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the case of the missing mother, Ebony Giddens. Ebony is a beautiful mother of three boys born December 23, 1990 from Columbus, Georgia, where she was raised and resided up until her disappearance. She is a pretty petite woman. She's 4'9 and 110 pounds. Black woman, brown skin with short black natural hair. And she typically wore braids on a regular basis, from what I could tell with um, Facebook pictures. Family members say that she was a wonderful mother to her boys. Even the neighbors said she was really devoted to her boys. Like when she became a mother, this switch clicked instantly and she knew she had to be the best mother that she could be. They say she never hurt anybody and she always treated people right. So it seems that she was a very loving, caring, and selfless woman. So what happened and why did she go missing? Several questions and her family needs answers. So at 7.30 a.m. on March 12, 2018, Ebony's brother Alvin came to her apartment on Montclair Drive like he does every single morning on a, a weekday to take two of her sons to school. 
Now, from what I could tell, I don't believe the oldest son lived with her at the time of her disappearance, or maybe he just wasn't at home at the time, but she had her two youngest sons, one was five and one was two at the time, and they, you know, get picked up every day, go to school, preschool, what have you. Now, his routine is that he rings the doorbell and knocks on the door every day to let them know that he's outside but today he got no answer but you know no worries right it's the first time he run the doorbell and knocked on the door they could have just overslept it could have been a long night she is a mother and to toddlers so it's very tiring then he was getting no answer on the phone calls. So he kept calling, kept texting, knocking on the door and getting no answer. And the phone calls started going straight to voicemail. Of course, Alvin got really worried and started making more phone calls, trying to see if somebody, anybody heard from his sister. So, two people in particular he ended up calling was his mother, of course, their mother, Lisa Giddens, and the father to her two youngest sons, Roderick. Now, Roderick stated that he talked to her the day before and, you know, everything seemed pretty normal, you know, pretty normal with the kids, you know, everything's all good. But Roderick felt like this was out of character for Ebony as well, so he decided to come onto the apartment and meet Alvin so they could try their best for both of them to get a hold of Ebony. They continued to knock on the door, ringing the doorbell, and calling her phone, texting her phone, doing everything they can outside of the apartment because, again, the door wasn't opening. And finally, Ebony and Roderick's oldest son came to the door and of course Roderick asked what you know what are you doing answering the door where where's your mom and he said his his son said mommy is gone her brother Alvin and Roderick searched the apartment and they were able to locate her purse her wallet and her keys but her phone was nowhere to be found in that apartment. Alvin decided then something just ain't right because Ebony's not going to do this. She's not going to leave her babies. And to leave all her personal belongings behind and stuff for her phone, that's weird too. So this is when he decided to call the Columbus Police Department to report her missing. And her family hit the ground running like any family I think would they were a very close-knit family like close to cousins siblings talk to her mother every day you know they were really close they started making phone calls to search for Ebony they were extremely worried because like I said before she was known for always putting her children first and she's just not the person to leave them alone and unattended Everyone spoke so highly of her. So, like I said, what could have happened? This is completely out of character. So, Lisa Giddens, Ebony's mother, decided to call her boyfriend at the time. You know, that would be my first phone call, too, because usually significant others know a little bit more than some of the family members do, right? 
So her boyfriend at the time was Malcolm Jackson. She called him at work, but the secretary at his job said he could not come to the phone at the time, which doesn't sit well with me at all. Like, it's an emergency. Police are involved. Like, it's a full-on investigation, and he can't come to the phone for a minute to at least, you know, find out if he spoke to her recently. Like, I don't know about y'all, but that just didn't sit well with my spirit. And I don't think it's ever going to sit well with my spirit. I don't like that. Now, police and her family were searching hard for her, but they had no physical evidence and really no leads at all. Um, It's just like she vanished out of thin air. Now, I did introduce to you quite a few different loved ones of hers, and we are going to, you know, just go into a person of interest for me and honestly for a lot of people. Let's go ahead and discuss Malcolm Jackson. So, you know, before I said Lisa Giddens called his job and the secretary said he couldn't come to the phone because he was working. Now, that just didn't seem right, especially with his girlfriend that was also a mother was missing. Now, either the secretary's priorities aren't straight with the phone calls and relaying messages to employees, or Malcolm just didn't want to come to the phone. Now, everyone is different, but I know when I'm at work, well, when I was working, I'm a nine to five. Close relatives had my work number, and of course, they already had my cell phone number, and if I could catch a bathroom break or step away from my desk, I would do a quick check of my phone all the time to answer text messages or to return phone calls if need be. I don't know. What do y'all think? Of course, like, you know, like I said, everyone is different, but that's just something I found out, like a, a, a little snippet that I found out that just really stirred me up. So along with that info, Ebony and Malcolm's relationship wasn't always peaches and cream. Roderick stated that, in fact, Ebony and Malcolm got into an argument that Friday before she went missing. And I know couples argue. However, when it becomes volatile, we have a problem. And now we got questions. Ebony told family members that she was afraid of Malcolm. Just a week before she disappeared, she reported that the last fight they got into, he hit her in the face and pulled a gun out on her and pointed it at her. Now, not saying Ebony is weak at all, because, I mean, she's a very strong person from what I can gather, all the details I could gather about her personality. She is very petite, and Malcolm is a tall, slim guy, so he already towered over her, trying to intimidate her, and then he hit her in the face and pulled a gun out on her. Like, you had intention on making her cower in fear some kind of way. I know I would be terrified, and she had every reason to report it and voice her concerns, and she said she was leaving him for good, as she should. Now, March 10th, he was arrested for assault. Now, I'm not sure if it was assault against Ebony or a whole other assault charge because, honestly, he was no stranger to the law. It was reported that 
after he was bailed out, he literally bailed out the same day he was arrested. He called Ebony over and over again, even though she kept telling him, look, it's over. Like, don't call my phone anymore. And, you know, I, I could only I've never been in an abusive relationship, but witnessing them and like reading up on them. You know, usually the aggressor is always, you know, you're going to stay with me, very possessive, and wants that person back. Now, neighbors did say that the day before she went missing, Malcolm was seen in her yard working on her car. Now, abusive relationships, like I said, are tricky. The physical re abusive relationships, emotionally abusive, what have you, they are a tricky thing regardless. He could have very well been there against her wishes. Or they could have made up for the moment and he was there because she wanted him there. Either way, he was seen at the residence the day before and family members said from an article I read that Ebony just told the, her, a cousin that she was pregnant by Malcolm just before she went missing. For a while, Malcolm was not a suspect in her disappearance because it just wasn't enough physical evidence to arrest him for that. However, they eventually was able to get him in front of a judge for charges unrelated to Ebony's missing case. But they were able to get charges of aggravated assault, aggravated stalking, and possession of firearm during a felony in October 2019. Almost a year and a half after her disappearance, they were able to make these charges stick. Now, again, there was no physical evidence pinning Malcolm to the scene of the crime, but, you know... Her family felt like this was a step in the right direction. I'm assuming, you know, they had a hunch. Maybe he had something to do with it because she did fear him and expressed it to all her family members that she was close to that she feared him. Now, he did represent himself during the court proceedings. That's something I will never advise for anyone to do. I don't care if you know you're not guilty and you know you wasn't at the scene of the crime. Do not represent yourself, especially if you didn't even take a class on the law. Like, no, don't do that. But that's what he did. So we're going to get into this court proceeding. So as I stated before, Malcolm represented himself. And it was noted by... Assistant Senior, I'm sorry, Senior Assistant District Attorney Wesley Lambertis, that he was pretty impressed with the way Malcolm was representing himself. Like, he kind of held his own, and of course he had some misses because, I mean, he wasn't a lawyer. But at the end of the day, Wesley said he was kind of impressed. Of course, Ebony was unable to testify because she's still missing, but the judge allowed for family members to testify with conversations they had with Ebony. Malcolm was found guilty of all charges against him, and he faced the highest sentence for each charge. So for aggravated stalking, it was up to 20 years, I believe. And for aggravated assault, it was 
no, I'm sorry. Aggravated assault was up to 20 years. Aggravated stalking was up to 10 years. And possession of firearm during a felony was up to five years. So he faced 35 years in prison for these charges. I guess they were like, we can't pin this missing case on you, but we do have charges and we could keep you here for something. So he was given that full sentence. The judge held nothing back. He was sentenced to 35 years in prison. Ebony's family was hoping that he would slip up, especially with him, you know, not having any legal counsel. They thought that maybe he would slip up and say something in court to help them at least get into the right direction to find Ebony. But he didn't. He was adamant about the fact that he had nothing to do with her disappearance and he still stands by that fact to him. Her family still feels like this is a win for them. Um, I would imagine that with the stuff that escalated just before her disappearance with him, that anyone would make a connection with him and Ebony and her disappearance. You know, when a spouse or a significant other goes missing or gets murdered, they always go to the significant other or the partner at the time. Like, it makes sense. Now, honestly, researching everything I could find, I can see why they made the connection. Because like I stated, you always first go to the significant other or the partner and ask questions and see what they know and see how that relationship was. Now, even though Malcolm Jackson is behind bars, Ebony's family is still left with several questions and still lots of hope on finding Ebony. They still hope that she's found alive and well. And oh my goodness, if she was truly pregnant and carried to term, what about her baby? Their baby? Where is Ebony Giddens? Like she's out there somewhere and her family does not know where or if her and her child are safe. According to Ebony's mother, her sons are living with their fathers, and she talks to them every day. And she said that they are doing well, but they know that mommy is missing, and I know that that is hard for them. I just, I know it. I really hope and pray that this family gets answers soon, because they deserve it. I was able to contact a family member of Ebony Giddens, and first and foremost, I just want to take the time out to thank each and every one of you that promoted my episode and, you know, posted the shares because it was able to reach one of her cousins, and she inboxed me, and we had a little discussion about Ebony's case. She was able to fill in blanks that she could and give me her full support and let me know that she would be letting her family know about this podcast as well. Um, I don't know if she wanted me to put her name out there, so I won't, but I just want to thank her for contacting me and giving me the information that she could give me on her cousin. Now, I do want to describe Ebony again, just in case somebody out there knows something. So again, Ebony Giddens is four foot nine inches tall, around 110 pounds, very petite woman, Black, brown skin, black hair, and her hair was in short braids when she disappeared. 
If you have any information regarding Ebony Giddens' case, it doesn't matter how small, please contact the Columbus Police Department at 706-653-3205. The number again is 706-653-3205 or the Special Victims Unit at 706-653-3449. The number again is 706-653-3449. Thank you all for listening to me, you know, go on about this case and listening to all the details that I could muster up. You know, um, all over social media, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. But you know, I'm heavily active on Facebook in my discussion group. Search Crime Time with the Fine Dime on everything. That's my username, my discussion group name. It's on everything. So search me. You know, let's have a discussion. Do you think Malcolm Jackson has something to do with this case? Or do you think it could be another person altogether? Like, do you think they have a hunch on the right person? I don't know. So go ahead and get into that discussion group, y'all, and let me know what y'all think. Also, if you have any requests on a case you want me to discuss, just email me at crimetimewiththefinedime1 at gmail.com. Peace and love, y'all. Y'all stay safe out there in these streets, please. Um, like I said, go ahead and find me, especially on Facebook in my discussion group. So we could talk about this case. I'll talk to y'all next week. See you later. Bye.